Brian Smith here, and welcome to the Dream Path Podcast, where I try to get inside the heads of talented creatives from all over the world. My goal is to demystify and humanize the creative process and make it accessible to everyone. Now let's jump in. Jason Moore, welcome back to the Duocast, man. I love these things. Me too. I love seeing you, man. I love seeing you. And uh, thanks for being six feet away from me. I, I think I were at least six feet apart. Huh? It has nothing to do with the pandemic. I just am not comfortable with you being that close. I know. I was so. going to trigger the violin music here. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, we have a couple of things to talk about. The Meredith O'Connor episode. Yeah. What did you think? Well, actually, I really like it. I have a lot of respect for her. She seems uh, very passionate about her cause. And I have respect for her just wanting to do something about bullying. And being kind of the face and the role model of that movement. Right. And that's, I, I, I got familiar with some of her music. I'd never heard of her music before. She's talented. Right. Yeah. I enjoyed talking to Meredith because I appreciate hearing the perspective of someone from her generation talk about mental illness, OCD, PTSD, anxiety, things that a lot of kids are struggling with these days without a lot of understanding from their parents. Right. And also to see someone that has a platform like that, someone who can go on an international tour and have a message, a positive message to help kids beyond just, oh, this is great music or this is fun dance music, but it has a message that's actually helpful for them in life. And that is, it's okay to struggle with mental illness. It's okay to struggle with anxiety. And let's educate everybody about what that means. Right. And also the anti-bullying thing too. I mean, with the online bullying that has been happening for the last decade, and I call them trolls, yeah, basically. That's, that's you, what I... You and I both know what a troll is. Yes. And we have experienced bullying ourselves. I mean, as grown men, we feel bullied online. Sometimes. But it, it's worse for young people, I think. So it's nice to hear their perspective on that. And Meredith is just a wonderfully articulate, sharp, witty voice in this space. And so it was nice to be able to sit down with her and talk about that stuff. Yeah, it's a great interview. Yeah, thanks, man. Good, nice, nice editing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so what's been going on with you lately? Mostly work. And then, you know, I, I spent some time with my wife over the last couple of weeks. She had surgery uh, to remove some cancerous material in her breast. And everything's clear. Everything's good. Cancer-free. Um, I'm happy to say that. And, but I've been helping to take care of her and running a lot of errands. and. Just kind of being there for her. You're a good man. Thank you. You are a really good man. I'm not saying I'm surprised to hear that at all, <laughs> that you would take care of her and, and do what's right to be a caretaker and a good partner. But I know that uh, it can be hard to play that role, especially when you have work and mm -hmm. you have other obligations. There's a lot of pressures in life. But sometimes you need to take a time out and really just focus on being a caretaker. Yep. So I'm glad to hear she's doing okay. Yeah, she's a strong lady. She bounces back pretty quick, and she's up and going now. So I love Odessa. Oh, she's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So other than taking care of Odessa, what you've been up to in terms of what are you watching, listening to, reading? I don't know if you guys, do you have Access TV, AXS? No. Okay, that is a really cool channel that uh, I discovered about a year ago. I think it came with my new cable package, but it's like the MTV of today. They don't play the individual videos like they used to on uh, MTV, but they'll do like full concerts, interviews, documentaries. It's really a good channel. And they, Dan Rather has the, his interview program where he interviews like Cyndi Lauper and P. 
people like Billy Bob Thornton and other musicians. I can't think of all of them right now. I think Neil Young is one of them. So I've been watching that and, and watching some old concerts. They had Santana from the 82S Festival on today. That was a blast. Sweet. Yeah. No. So it's just, it's a really cool channel. It's nice that there's finally a channel that will play music again. Yeah. And it's not just rock or pop. It's everything. It's country, all kinds of stuff. Old, new. So I, I like that kind of stuff. Here is a piece of trivia. Okay. For you. Actually, a, a trivia question. Okay. What is the very first song that MTV played when they started that station? I think I know it. It's uh, The Video Killed the Radio Star by The Buggles. Yes. I didn't know who sang it. I knew the song name, though. Yeah. Video Killed the Radio Star. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect song to start oh. a channel like that. And boy, did it. <laughs> yeah. Had quite a run, MTV. I think ACDC was the second video to be played, and I'm not sure what song. Dude, you're flexing on me here. You got the second song. Well, somebody had said it. I think it was Back in Black or something like that. <laughs> That's it. Like, one of my all-time favorite rock and roll songs. Me too. It was Back one of my, fav- my favorite albums. You know, One of the first songs that I learned to play on the guitar was Back in Black. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Super easy. I mean, the chords are, not the, not the lead, but the chords are easy to learn for a first-timer. I, uh, I really liked when I first heard that album, um, Hell's Bells, of course, but Have a Drink on Me. Uh-huh. That's one of the first I learned to play. Yeah. So, and then of course we made a drinking song out of it later. You know, one of the things we have to do in the next duo cast or maybe the one after that, we need to plug in, man. Okay. We need to bring our guitars and plug in and see if we can get it to sound right with these duo casts. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Like, let's mix it up a little bit. Right on. Throw in some music, some original music. I'm, I'm sure people would enjoy that. Yeah. Well, listeners, if you're interested in that, shoot us a text or an email or reach out and you know, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, requests maybe too. Yeah. Well, you said original material. That's probably a better idea, but sure. Requests. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. I have not been watching a lot of TV lately, super busy at work and with the podcast, you know, our production schedule is pretty busy, Mm -hmm. but I have been reading some books. I read a book by Mary Carr called The Art of Memoir. What I found in reading Mary Carr's book about memoir is that it takes a lot of digging into your memories and brutal honesty with yourself to be able to tell a story that is not full of shit, basically. Mm-hmm. And the, the fragility of memory and how, how vulnerable our memories are to, to be changed by ego and by other weird pathological shit that's floating around in our brain. Right. <laughs> but man, she, Mary Carr is just a genius when it comes to dissecting hundreds of memoirs that were written over the last several hundred years mm. and saying why they worked, why they didn't. She talks about Nabokov, the guy that wrote Lolita. He's a memoirist. Also Tobias Wolf and a bunch of great writers. She just kind of goes through and deconstructs a bunch of memoirs and says, this is why it works. This is why it doesn't. And this is how you should approach it or think about doing that. Another book I've been reading, or I just finished actually, is, this is my favorite over the last couple of months. It's called Big Magic hmm. by Elizabeth Gilbert. And she wrote Eat, Pray, Love. Did you ever see that movie or um, hear about that book, Eat, Pray, Love? Yes. So Elizabeth Gilbert is one of my wife's favorite authors. And she's great. She's so charismatic and smart and funny. And she's a great interview. But she wrote this book called Big Magic about creativity. And I thought, what a perfect way to learn more about how a genius like Elizabeth Gilbert looks at creativity and how to be creative and how to endeavor to be creative. And so I read this book and I learned that 
and, and this is kind of changing the way I look at my podcast too, I learned from her that you should not expect art and creativity to pay your bills. Mm. That's a burden that you're placing on creativity and art that is not deserved. And what she means by that, and this is just one of the takeaways that I have from this book, but there's this conception that people have, this belief that people have, that in order to be a true artist, you need to suffer. It needs to be painful. Right. You need to be like Hemingway, drinking yourself to death <laughs> to be able to crank out good work. Yeah. And what she's saying is that actually, she quoted Ray Carver when she talked about this, great artists, if they are also alcoholics or drug addicts, they are creating great work despite their addiction, not because of it. Right. And also, one of the myths that she dispelled was that you have to be a full-time artist all in in order to be the real deal. So in other words, Maya Angelou, because she would write at five in the morning before she went to her shift in publishing, mm -hmm. if we define a real artist as someone who's all in and doesn't have a day job, Maya Angelou would not be the real deal. And holy shit, is she the real deal? Oh, is she? Yeah. So people, there are brilliant, genius creators out there that have a day job because they need to get by to be able to do what they do. You have to, to create what have they to create. survive, man. Yeah. So there's no shame in having the day job. And so it, it kind of made me rethink the way I approach this podcast, which has been, I want to talk to artists who are full-time, all-in folks. But after reading that book, Big Magic, I'm looking at it a little differently. Right. There's a whole wider scope of artists and creatives out there. Right. That are hustling. Yeah. I mean, it's still fascinating to me that someone can make a living off of being creative. Oh, totally. You know, those are the folks that I'm kind of drawn to just my natural curiosity takes me there, uh -huh. but I really want to open my mind and, and start talking to people that have side hustles. You know, maybe their, their full-time gig is they work at a bookstore, but they're also writing books on the side. And what Elizabeth Gilbert revealed in her Big Magic book was that I don't think she actually quit her day job until she had written Eat, Pray, Love, like mm. three, three to five books in. And she had great reviews on her other books. So- there's a lot to unpack with that book, and I might just read it again because it, there's so much to learn from it. It was refreshing to hear that perspective of hers, but I thought I would share what I learned as it relates to the podcast. That's awesome. You know, that reminds me of a, I was in a band with a guy back in the day, and I'm not going to say names or anything, but he had the attitude of, you can't have a plan B. You have to focus on plan A, which was the band. So he didn't have a job. He was poor, and he suffered from that. And we kept telling him, dude, you can have a job. You can have a backup plan. It's, it's probably the most important thing to do is have some kind of thing that you can fall back on <laughs> because being in a successful rock band doesn't come, but maybe one out of several hundred thousand bands or maybe not quite that many, but you know, you can't just expect to do what you're doing, go to Seattle and get famous. Right. You know, that's just not going to happen. You don't need to be a starving artist. No, you should be able to, you know, provide for yourself and eat and you know, well it's kind of ridiculous it's interesting that you say no plan b because that was that was a discussion we had with david frangioni that's right and i think that's going to be his next book right the drummer david frangioni said no plan b and that's and i think that's fine to have that approach but what david frangioni showed through the interview is that he didn't need a plan b if he was very focused on plan a it all unfolded organically for him and he was successful in everything that he did 
Well, it works differently for for other people, different people. I right. Mean, you know, your journey might be is going to be different than anybody else's. And I think David's, you know, he's obviously talented. Super you know? talented. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it unfolded for him pretty early on. At like age 12, he started working. Yeah. So that's rare. It is. I think it's the exception rather than the rule that someone like David would be able to um, make a living basically from, from age 12 on in music technology and music. I agree. But we shouldn't have any shame in uh, doing what we need to do to survive while also creating. Right. Yeah. What do we have going on next? What's our next interview? Oh, we got a really cool interview with Rob Paulson. Man, that was so fun. That was funny. It was a lot of fun to talk to Rob. You know, one of the interesting parts of that interview was actually right at the beginning. I, I'm kind of toying with when to hit record. Mm-hmm. And I've decided that I need to hit record like instantly right away because I don't want to lose anything any type of chatter that happens to be interesting, right. I want to catch it. So we started that interview by, and I had record on pretty early and it just kind of drops in. So I think listeners, when they start listening to that interview, it's going to feel like you're dropping into a conversation that is already in progress. Right. But mm-hmm. rest assured that there's a lot of fun stuff in there. We, I mean, we cover subjects that you wouldn't think a voice actor like Rob would, would be talking about. Yeah, uh, we talk about his cancer diagnosis and how he recovered from that and how it changed his career and we talk about music and Steve Martin and the banjo and all kinds of subjects and he is a talker. So, yeah. get ready for that. I noticed he it, right away he admired your banjo in the video. Yeah, I've started shooting these where the background is my guitar wall. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it it's it's an interesting conversation piece when people look up and they're they see behind me, you know, my instruments and it's kind of a way to connect with guests sometimes. So, and I, I like to look at what's in their background too. Do they have plants in the background? Do they have musical instruments or, you know, where are they? Right. Where am I talking to these folks? Because, yeah. It's really, know, really cool. Yeah. Kind of lets me into their world and then they're in mine. Totally. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing that final edited version of the Rob Paulson interview. Very soon. Very soon. Yeah. All right. Good talking to you, man. Good talking to you. Hey, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, I have a favor to ask. Can you go to wherever you listen to podcasts and leave me a review? Your feedback is what keeps this podcast going. You can also check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook with the handle at DreamPathPod. And as always, go find your dream path. <laughs>